Welcome to a special GW Hatchet podcast episode. I'm Al Gritch. 2020 has been both a monumental and devastating year for those around the globe. And for the GW community, there was no shortage of news to cover over the last 12 months. So to end the year, fellow Hatchet podcast host Sarah Sachs and I will be walking you through some of the biggest overarching GW storylines in 2020 with help from several Hatchet editors. So to begin the year, one of the first major news stories revolved around University President Thomas LeBlanc, who apologized for making a racially insensitive comment to a student regarding the university's holdings in the fossil fuel industry. During his conversation with the student, he also revealed that, at the time, 3% of GW's investments were in the fossil fuel industry. That began a greater push towards divestment, which will be explained by Hatchet Administration Editor Zach Schoenfeld. In early February, University President Thomas LeBlanc came under intense controversy for comments he made that surfaced in a video on social media during a conversation between him and a member of Sunrise GW. In the video, President LeBlanc compared support for fossil fuel divestment among some students to hypothetical support for shooting, quote, all the black people here, end quote. The video reignited a push among some student activists calling for GW to divest from fossil fuels. The week of protests culminated in a live protest at the Board of Trustees' February meeting. At that meeting, Board of Trustees Chair Grace Space announced the creation of a new board task force to examine GW's fossil fuel policies, as well as other social and governance responsibilities. Months later, in the summer, in June, the board announced that it would accept recommendations from that task force that would divest GW's endowment from the fossil fuel industry by 2025. The board also adopted recommendations to immediately halt all new investments in the fossil fuel industry, phase out single-use plastics, and commit to reaching STARS Platinum Sustainability Distinction by 2025. Trustees also voted to accelerate GW's plans to become carbon neutral by 10 years to 2030 and aspire to remove all greenhouse gas emissions the university has produced since its founding nearly 200 years ago. Although President LeBlanc apologized soon after the video surfaced on social media, the comments he made have now been cited in some petitions and statements by students and faculty calling for LeBlanc's resignation. In March, when coronavirus cases in the United States surged and states began issuing lockdown orders, GW announced that classes would be held online for the next few weeks. But in just a week's time, officials scrapped the plan and announced that the rest of the semester would be held remotely. Professors work to adjust their lessons into an online format, but students, faculty, and staff face added challenges along the way. Academics News Editor Isha Trivedi explains how the GW community adapted to remote learning. Faculty have been dealing with uh, online classes in a number of ways, but seem to have a generally positive outlook despite facing some struggles um, along the way. And then uh, moving into October, professors said that they had adapted well to virtual learning after having all this time to prepare and after doing it already in the spring. But um, they were stressed about the looming threat of school-wide layoffs and other financial cuts. Um, Officials implemented a number of measures to mitigate the financial impact of the pandemic, um, including layoffs, the suspension of retirement contributions, and um, were considering salary cuts for faculty and staff, but eventually ruled that out in September. Another major storyline that underscores many of the topics throughout this recap is university finances, which were greatly impacted by the virus. The Hatchet's senior news editor, Jared Gans, discussed that fallout in depth. Officials began meeting as early as late January to discuss what the financial impacts of the COVID-19 pandemic might be on the university. 
um, at the time, the 2030 plan, that is um, the administration's plan to lower the number of undergraduate students at GW by 20% while increasing the ratio of undergraduate STEM majors by 30%. That was the current operating plan uh, for GW at the time. Um, and the enrollment cut, which had already started um, to be implemented a bit going into this academic year, um, was expected to lead to some revenue losses. So that was um, already a financial impact coming in before any of the effects of the pandemic would take hold. So the university goes online following spring break in mid-March, and very shortly after officials begin the first phase of cuts on March 25th was when they were announced. Um, they suspended most capital projects and most non-essential hirings. Um, and then they also, earlier in the month, had uh, suspended non-essential travel, which had also helped uh, to save some money. Um, in late April, all um, employee salaries were frozen and top officials like President Thomas LeBlanc and Provost Brian Blake took pay cuts. This year, protests against police brutality and systemic racism took place all over the world, including here in D.C. and at GW. Student Life Editor Tiffany Garcia explains how officials and student organizations responded to the ongoing movement. BSU jumped straight into action. Um, one of the first things they did was they sent out a letter, GW's BSU, America, American University's BSU, Catholic University's BSU, they all created this letter to Mayor Bowser and police chief of D.C. essentially with a list of demands and kind of a call to action saying, we don't feel safe in this city, neither do a lot of black people, and change needs to happen. So that's something that happened. Um, GWSBSU actually from that launched a police initiative kind of thing. Um, it's a research project to kind of look at youth policing and um the rates in D.C., how to help that, prevention tactics. We wrote another story about that earlier this year. Um, in addition, BSU launched a massive fundraiser, which raised thousands of dollars for the student org in just a few days. In terms of the school, too, uh, GWBSU sent a letter to um, the police chief of GWPD kind of asking to sit down to talk, saying students don't feel comfortable here either. We're talking about this little microcosm and change needs to happen. So with that, BSU's been in conversation with them as well. Students, faculty, and local leaders took further action to address racism by working out ways to change the names of certain buildings on campus. While students have been advocating for this for years, it wasn't until June that a task force was officially set up to create an organized way to request changes. The Name Change Task Force, this is actually something that has been years in the making. Students have been advocating for an extremely long time to change the names of certain buildings on campus that are named after school figures who are harmful to minorities or who were at some point. So what this means is students in June of this year um, specifically, they kind of set up this entire campaign, the renaming campaign, with very specific buildings in mind in an entire petition to submit to the task force. Because basically, this task force was set up to not change the names, but to create a procedure for how to submit and process naming requests. Later in the summer, GW's athletics department announced a major decision that resulted in several program cuts. Those cuts were devastating for students and alumni alike, as explained by the Hatchet Sports Editor, Emily Mays. 
On July 31st, the athletic department announced that it would cut seven programs at the conclusion of the 2020-21 season. Um, and those programs include sailing, men's and women's squash, men's tennis, women's water polo, men's rowing, and men's indoor track and field. The 118 affected student-athletes will continue to keep their athletic scholarships and coaching contracts will be honored. Student-athletes will also have the option to transfer or convert their teams to a club level for the following seasons. In terms of reaction, alumni from affected programs said that they were disappointed and frustrated with the decision, you know, and they said the decision to cut the program that fostered kind of their strongest connection to the university may limit their donations or participations in GW Athletics in the future. As the fall semester began and staff layoffs ensued as a result of the pandemic's economic impact on GW, many faculty members from across the university began to express their disapproval of LeBlanc. With tensions reaching a fever pitch, many faculty members and students began calling for the university president's resignation. Administration editor Zach Schoenfeld has more on that. President LeBlanc announced a plan to reduce GW's undergraduate population by roughly 20 percent, while upping the share of STEM students to 30 percent, dubbed the 2030 plan. The plan was quickly met with criticism from many faculty before it was halted in April as a result of the coronavirus pandemic. But now, as GW faces nearly a $200 million annual budget shortfall, many faculty say that recent decisions to lay off hundreds of employees and suspend some benefits could have been avoided had the planned enrollment cut not been implemented. Now, hundreds of faculty and students have signed petitions and statements in recent days calling for LeBlanc's resignation. The tensions between some members of the university community and the administration have been inflamed by recent layoffs as part of budget cuts during the pandemic. Officials announced in December that they had laid off 339 employees in administrative units, which saved roughly $32 million. Many of the layoffs were implemented as part of broader centralizations of GW's various administrative units, including the GW's communication, information technology, and events divisions. Layoffs also impacted units like the Center for Career Services, Athletics, and Facilities. Officials have also enacted a wide array of other measures to cut costs, like suspending retirement contributions and suspending most capital projects and employee travel. At last month's faculty assembly meeting, faculty approved a survey assessing LeBlanc's leadership abilities. The survey is now open and will run through mid-January and is open to all faculty. The results are expected to be made public soon after. The Board of Trustees has indicated that they will not consider the results of the survey, but will conduct a standard review of President LeBlanc this spring. During the U.S. presidential election, professors took many measures to accommodate students' stresses and anxieties. Meanwhile, students hit local campaign trails and tried to calm their nerves during a stressful week. Academics News Editor Isha Trivedi is back to explain how GW reacted to this historic election. Officials announced in mid-October that Election Day would be a university holiday this year, um, and the announcement came after more than 900 students signed a petition calling for officials to do just that, and after American University announced that they would be doing the same. Um, and then when it came to the week of the election and the days just following it, um, many faculty said that they adjusted the due dates for assignments in their classes and incorporated the election into their class discussions on political science, public health, um, media and public affairs. 
Um, uh, for example, we heard from the former provost, Forrest Maltzman, who actually adjusted his sabbatical so he could teach a class during the election and incorporate, incorporate discussions about it into his class. And some professors said that many of their students were also working on campaigns at the time, and as a result, they were particularly busy during the week of the election, so they gave them leniency to help them with that. And so faculty were focused mainly on helping students process their anxiety and sort of get through this time. Now the university looks ahead to two milestones, a third semester of online classes and a bicentennial celebration. Administrators said while the beginning of 2021 will include remote learning and virtual anniversary celebrations, they hope to bring students back to campus by the fall and hold some bicentennial events in person. GW, like many universities, has faced an unprecedented year, and there's more to come in the new year. A special thanks to Zach Schoenfeld, Isha Trivedi, Jared Gans, Tiffany Garcia, and Emily Mays. This podcast was hosted by Sarah Sachs and Alec Rich and produced by Gwen Wheeler.